the money Two bars on the show The boys stay ready Swamp rats, let's go It's the fantasy points Ain't no raggedy joint They mad at me scoring points But then they glad that they joined One for the money Two bars on the show Back to another two bars podcast. We're doubling up this week, baby. Double it up. We're doubling it up. Two bars is back. I'm your guy Graham. Scott's here too. Uh, wanted to say off the top, if you haven't subscribed to FantasyPoints.com, you need to get your head examined because this is by far uh, the best value in the fantasy football space today. There's a lot of people doing a lot of good work, but it, honestly, guys, and, and look, I mean, I, I'm the biggest fantasy points fan of all time. Scott is number two. We're all we're all in, but this is, you know, by far the best value out there. With any code, I, I'm even going to shill for Barrett 22 today. For any code, Barfield 22, Barrett 22, save you 10% off any subscription package. And guys, a standard package these days during the season will cost you 33 cents per day. A premium package, which includes our DFS and gambling advice, all of Scott's great work, uh, our live stream on Friday night where we uh, dissect the entire slate. That inclu- that's included in premium, and that is $0.83 cents per day during the regular season. Again, use code BARFIELD22, BARRETT22. We all know your favorite bar. Uh, feel free to use either one of those. Save yourself 10%. But uh, Scott and I talked about quarterbacks and tight ends, talked off the onesie positions yesterday, some general strategy, just kind of how we're thinking through the positions, some guys we like. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure you go back, listen to it right after you listen to this one. But today we're going to be talking through running backs and receivers, and we're going to go round by round. We're just going to go through rounds one through 10 to kind of give some general strategy thoughts, a few of our favorite plays in each of the round. Uh, but first, Scott, how's it going, man? Uh, I haven't talked to you in like 16 hours, so let's get serious. <laughs> well, yeah, you haven't, you haven't seen my face in 16 hours, but we were uh, DMing on Discord trying to talk up uh, – you know, our strategy for today's show. And I was uh, being an unwilling participant and you were getting a little salty with me. So I, I think we might be, you know, late stages, Opie and Anthony here where, where you secretly hate me, but the show's never been better. Bro, I, I could never hate you. I have so much love for you. Uh, I've just been <laughs> running on four hours of sleep and need a day off, but it's, it's all good, man. Um, Edwin just DM me is like, Hey, Hey buddy, how's it going? And it's like, Oh, I just, you know, want to die a little bit, but it's, it's that time of the year, you know, it's just, it's just that time of the year. If you're, if you're not running on four hours of sleep and drinking six cups of coffee and uh, yeah, wishing it was January, is it, is it truly August? Um, But no, in all seriousness, I've never been more excited for a football season than this one, man. Like, um, finally got rid of the whole COVID situation. We don't have that hanging over our heads anymore. There's so many great storylines this year too. I mean, the AFC is loaded. The NFC is wide open. And honestly, I, I can't imagine, I, I can't remember like a more fun year for fantasy. Like after the first two rounds, it's like, are any of these guys good? Like it's wide ass open from picks like 30 on. So uh, I think we have a big edge and we're going to talk about our edge a little bit today. Let's get it started with round one. Scott, you and I are pretty much lockstep on this every single year. We want backs early, and then we want to hammer receivers in rounds three through ten. This year is, in particular, man, an extremely good setup. And just more broadly, like, can you remember a year where the second round was better for running backs? Like, I, I genuinely can't. No, it's it's wild. It's wild. 
I yeah. so I'm the guy who's always like RBRB is optimal in a vacuum, blah blah blah, which is true. But I mean, like, is it optimal this year with some of the value we have? I I don't know. I like there's ra- round two running backs I love, round three running backs I think should be going in round one. There's yeah. you know uh, a few other must draft picks we'll get to a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, so so I think what we're doing today is we're going round by round with just giving one player we really like relative to ADP. And of course, I, I again, was the unwilling participant. I just like spent weeks and weeks on my guys, so I didn't want to give away too much for free no, uh, without totally, a paywall. Totally. So what I did was I cheated. I cheated a little bit. So I, I looked at, you know, like NFL.com has like the most egregious ADP ever and like ESPN and Yahoo, there's some like really stupid ADPs. So um, I cheated a little, little bit, but, but yeah, you want to dive in? Yeah. I, by the way, just off the top, I have no idea who's doing NFL's pre-draft rankings. It used to be me. Um, and before that, <laughs> uh, I, bro, I like some of these ADPs in that sheet I put together are like just nonsense. Like Gabriel Davis goes in the 100 range. Same with Sutton. Like if you want to just like, if, if you want to just be that total dick of a friend, uh, put your league on NFL.com and take advantage of your of your friends. Oh, I was just going to say, I am that dick of a friend. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know. I I am so Machiavellian, or even even better yet, I'm Belichickian, which is like taking that up 10, 10 degrees. So, yeah, I'm looking to maximize every edge possible. So if you're one of those people, yeah, host your, your league on NFL.com. The, the layout sucks. It's going to be like maddening to be the commissioner for that and have to like log on every single week. But yeah, I, I mean, the edge the, is just so insane. Yeah. I will say the app is, is much better. I do my, I do my uh, family league, like with my brother and uh, aunts and uncles on NFL, mainly just to keep up with my guy, Marcus and just see what he's doing on the app. But man, it's uh yeah, these pre-draft rankings are, are pretty rough. All right, let's get into it. Uh, first round, why don't you kick it off? I know who you're going to go with. You're going to go with your guy, Derry. My guy? Oh, Derry Sanders? Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, I'm going to cheat. Who's my number one round one guy? That's going to be Christian McCaffrey. I mean, uh, when he's healthy, he hits like 20 fantasy points every single time. No one is touching his volume. I do believe he's one of the best pure runners in football. And then on top of that, if he tomorrow was like, Hey guys, I want to be a slot wide receiver. He'd be a round one caliber slot wide receiver in the NFL. He's just such a cheat code. I get the injury reservations. Uh, Edwin's helped our our injury expert. Edwin Porras has helped dissuade me of of some of those concerns. And just uh, in a game like fantasy football, he has the potential to be worth more than the second and third most valuable players in fantasy combined. At least that was literally true in 2019. And uh, he could just single-handedly wreck leagues. And so when Frank Reich is saying, oh, if I was in a fantasy league, I'd draft Naheem Hines. He literally said that. uh, Wants him top five, top three at the position and targets. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just, he's the archetypal bell cow. And I'm you know, give me those bell cows who play every snap. Uh, his coach, Matt Rule, is the heavy favorite to be fired. He's fighting for his job. He's going to give the ball to his best player as much as possible. And, yeah, that's Christian McCaffrey. I have a question. 
Um, how much did your pants tighten when you saw Christian McCaffrey absolutely dusting Patriots linebackers on Twitter the other day? Oh boy. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> whew. Yeah. Did I take a breather after that one? Yeah. Uh, rendered speechless. Clearly. Yeah. I think it's, dude, I think it's pretty simple. Like you take McCaffrey 101 in PPR, uh, you take McCaffrey 101 in half. And if he stays healthy for 15 games this year, like you have a 50% chance just right there with him staying healthy of winning your league. Like literally it's just, it's that simple. Um, yeah, he's the one one uh, My round one guy, I'm not going to go with the, the top back. I'll go a little further down the board and go with Najee Harris. Um, you know, just like you, I want bell cow backs regardless of how good we perceive their offense to be. And Najee Harris is like the bell cow of all bell cows. Led all running backs last year in snap rate. Handled 74% of the Steelers' carries inside the 10-yard line, which was only matched by Jonathan Taylor, who had about 80% of his team's inside 10 carries. Uh, And Najee doesn't come off the field in passing situations. Uh, He was one of the top three backs in route share last year as well. He was also 10th all-time in rookie fantasy points per game among running backs. And that list is like littered with just repeat RB1s in fantasy. It includes Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Clinton Portis, Matt Forte, Kareem Hunt, Adrian Peterson, James Robinson, Leonard Fournette, and then Najee. So, uh, I mean, we, we have a, just a number of huge data points pointing to Najee being just a, an absolute smash in fantasy. And, and honestly, you know, I'm one of the guys that just like, I want to chase volume. I want to chase touches. I don't really get too much into the weeds of like, oh my God, this quarterback might suck. This offensive line might suck. But Kenny Pickett might be legitimately... 10 times better than Big Ben was last year. Um, and if Pickett is even, I, I'm being facetious by saying 10 times, but if he's even 10% better, then Najee is going to smash. Uh, let's take it to round two. Uh, we've got two backs here. I'll get us started here, Scott, and I agree with your pick here too. He would be my second one. Uh, but I don't have your guy rated as a second round pick. I might have, I have him in the first. And I have my guy rated as a first round pick too. DeAndre Swift. Uh, has the archetype of a league-winning pick. Uh, Last year, before he got hurt, Swift was winning leagues. And, Scott, I I messed this up last year, man. This was bad process on my part. I thought two things. I thought Jamal Williams would be way more involved, which he was, but not to the degree I thought. But more importantly, I thought the Lions sucking would hurt Swift. In fact, it it actually did the opposite. Wes, I remember Wes in Discord last year tried to convince me that my process was wrong. He was right. Uh, but Detroit sucking helped Swift last year in the, uh, games that Swift played before he got hurt here to shoulder in week 12, Swift was averaging 18.6 fantasy points per game, which would have made them the, him the RB four over Leonard Fournette last season. Uh, his 6.7 targets per game led all running backs and he was top five in routes run, Per game, frankly, Scott, he has like a Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler kind of usage, like right squarely in his range of outcomes. And, and man, if the Lions take a step forward this year, which I believe they will, I'm betting the Lions over six and a half wins total. Um, man, Swift is is going to take a big step forward. And frankly, all these Lions guys are. Yeah, I, I'm so I'm with you on Swift for sure. 
you know, I've written a lot of articles, weighted opportunity about how targets are so much more valuable than carries. And so he's really sort of Austin Eckler-esque, Alvin Kamara-esque, even if he's capped at, let's say, 60% of the snaps with Jamal Williams getting the other 40%. um, But I also think he's going to be a bell cow near the end zone. Every beat writer is saying, yeah, Williams is going to be involved, but they know this is maybe their best playmaker, especially inside the red zone. He's going to get so many touches there. And, and that's that's key. That was a big thing with Aaron Jones, who was always inexplicably capped at 60% of the snaps. But inside the 10, 10 zone, he was at you know 85% of the snaps. And so we, we've seen that double-digit touchdown upside from him. Um, and he's game script immune, like you said. Uh, so my round two guy is just so easy. Alvin Kamara is going 209 in Yahoo Leagues. That's my RB three. I think I think he gets suspended six games, and like I'm still taking him round two, every single chance I can get. Um, I, I I wrote about this in the Bell Cow report, but basically like every criticism people are making of him, it just like holds no weight. It's like oh Sean Payton, the running back whisperer, he's gone, and it's like okay when Sean Payton was suspended, Pete Carmichael's running backs uh, led the team in catches receptions, uh, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns by a landslide, all nearly franchise highs. You want to talk about, oh, Drew Brees targeted running backs at one of the highest rates in the NFL. Okay. When Jameis Winston was on the field, uh, Kamara's target percentage was identical, et cetera, et cetera. He's also just flat out one of the most efficient running backs of all time. He dealt with injuries last year and then two years before that. Uh, But outside of that was only ever putting up top 15 fantasy point per touch seasons ever um, yeah, I just, and, and his usage was never better than it was last season, especially when Jameis Winston was on the field. So, uh, yeah, that's my RB three and you're getting him in round two. That yeah. that's like the sort of value that I only ever see once every four years. So make sure you scoop him up. We are lockstep on that one. He's my RB five. Um, I have him in that tier with actually be my RB six after, uh, Najee, but yeah, I mean, he has been nothing but a top eight running back in his entire career by points per game. It's, it's, I, you know, I said it a minute ago, like this is, this is, ne- there has never been a year where the second round is more loaded with backs. Um, last night I did a Rotowire OC uh, from the ten spot, so it's third round reversal. But my first two picks were Najee and Kamara, so we are off to a screaming start as it part as it, as it pertains to this pod. Uh, let's switch it over round three. Um, I'm going to talk up a receiver here in Michael Pittman. Um, you know, his ADP man has been on the rise all summer long. I think it's well-deserved now. He's now at a point where he's priced correctly. I, I think in May and June when I was doing underdog drafts, he was just like a smash pick in the fourth round. Uh, he's finally priced correctly, like, you know, 29, 30, 31 overall. But I mean, he is just so set up for just a monster season. Um, you know, not only did Pittman kind of have like a mini breakout last year with 88, uh, 1106, uh, Matt Ryan is just so far, far and above Carson Wentz as a passer. Uh, I, I've tweeted this out. Um, you know, if you look at some of the accuracy stuff, which, I, you know, I, I still we'll have some more info on accuracy stuff here actually in the next couple of weeks. I'm really excited about it. But uh, Matt Ryan was by far a better passer than, than Carson Wentz was last year. And in his career, Matt Ryan has done nothing but elevate receivers on his team. 
Uh, Ryan has supported at least one top 12 receiver by points per game in 13 of his 14 career seasons. And you can say, yeah, okay, sure, he had Julio Jones. But, I mean, he also did it with Roddy White. Uh, he did it with Calvin Ridley. Um, you know, he's had some great secondary receivers as well in his career do well with them. So uh, it's an easy pick. But Pittman is, I, I think, if you start running back, running back, you get Pittman in the third. Um, you still got an alpha wide receiver one that you're going to feel really good about starting every single week. And Scott, uh, sticking with the theme here, some of this ADP is not sharp. Uh, NFL Pittman goes way too late. He's like a fourth round pick. Sleeper too. Um, I've gotten Pittman in all of my sleeper drafts so far. Uh, he's like a late third, early fourth on sleeper. So just be cautious. Be wary of where some of these mid-round wide receivers are. It would be my main advice because – you know, depending on what site you're drafting on, uh, some of these guys are, are ranked just all over the place. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, uh, you wrote up in Stat Pack that Matt Ryan has had a wide receiver one in 13 of 14 seasons. Like, that's just that's just crazy. Um, and you can't you can't understate the upgrade from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. Uh, I think that's that's a great pick. Uh, my round three guy, again, cheating a little bit, but Saquon goes round three on ESPN, and that just, I, you know, he's basically like a round one guy for me. Um, just wild. Uh, he's the closest thing to Christian McCaffrey when he's healthy. So, again, this is another, all right, let's chase that potential injury discount. And uh, what I've always said, what I learned from uh, Dr. Chow, a pro football doc on Twitter, is that, you really want to be fading running backs their first year back from the ACL. So like JK Dobbins uh, and you really want to be targeting the following season. They're going to be 100%, no risk of compensatory injuries, things like that. And so uh, Saquon really fits that mold and uh, you know, Uber bell cow, insanely high snap share. And when you have that, you don't really care too much about the offensive line or game script or things of that nature. So easy, easy pick right there. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Joe was texting me. He was doing like a CBS mock yesterday, and he said that Barkley was like 27th in their pre-draft rankings. So it's still out there. Um, mark my words, man. One of these teams, whoever wins the best ball mania this year is going to have Barkley either in the third round or second round because he was a third-round pick in May and June. Like if somebody hit the nuts with all the values, Barkley in the third round is was, is going to win people uh win people those leagues. Um, all right, let's pivot over to the fourth round. This is kind of how I'm setting up all of my drafts, actually. I want one or two runners in the first two rounds, and then I'm just going to go nuts on receivers in rounds three, four, and five. Uh, my fourth round target in all of my leagues right now is Mike Williams. Um, and I get it. You're going to say, oh, Mike Williams has never been consistent. He's never really had a full breakout season. Sure. But let me put this to you. Uh, last year, Mike Williams hurt his knee in week six and was never the same. But before then, he was a league winner, legitimately a league winner, especially where you drafted him. He was averaging 23.6 PPR points per game. Uh, he had 51 targets to Allen's 53 in the Chargers' first five games. So they were co-wide receiver ones. Just got a huge contract extension this offseason. And Scott, like the thing is, like everybody expects just Justin Herbert to take, you know, that final step forward to like superstar, you know, upper echelon quarterback status. And I, I'm 100% on board with that. But if he's going to get there, you know, someone is being underdrafted here. You know, Keenan Allen is a third round pick, but like 
Mike Williams is still floating out there in the late third, early fourth. You can sometimes get him in the fifth of a 10-team league. Josh Palmer's really, really cheap, too, and I like him quite a bit uh, in the late rounds. But, I mean, someone is going to take a humongous step forward here. And I, my, guy, my bet is on Mike Williams is like the deep threat end zone guy. And, and frankly, I, I think there's a chance that he takes over as the wide receiver one this year over Keenan Allen. I mean, if you look at, like I said, their first five games together last year, their target totals were basically the, the exact same. And you could make an argument that Williams had the more valuable role because he was getting most of the downfield stuff. So I'm all in on Mike Williams. Scott, you got to take a, you got to take a receiver here, right? Like you've started running back, running back, running back. You got to, you got to get something. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'd like to talk about Mike Williams for just a second. Um, so I was all over him last season. He was being hyped up by Joe Lombardi as, their version of Michael Thomas and I was grabbing him everywhere. And so week six or week five, he was a top three fantasy wide receiver. I was doing victory laps. I felt like a genius. And then, like you said, there was that one game he was questionable with a knee injury and then his production just plummeted. Um, My thing is like, I kept trying to go back to him in DFS after that. And it's like, okay, well now we're four weeks removed from the knee he should be good. He, he was not on the injury report at all. He was practicing in full every single week. And those boom games just disappeared. There, there was none of that. And so, like, I understand the instinct of, oh, yeah, he was he was hurt and he was amazing before that injury. I, I made the same arguments with Kyler Murray and some other guys. But, like, in this instance, I just don't know. And so I'm a little bit lower on him. Uh, then, then certainly you are, and, and maybe even the rest of the staff. But uh, that that argument, I get it. It's it's compelling. Uh, the wide receiver I'm going with would be uh, DJ Moore, and again, he's five ten on NFL. He's five oh one on CBS. But like you know, if he's there in round four, he's a auto click. Um, and yeah, he's gonna have maybe the best quarterback play of his career. We we know this guy is a superstar and. This is the only thing holding him back. You can make the same argument for Terry McLaurin. The problem is I don't think Carson Wentz is an upgrade on Taylor Heineke. I think in this instance, we were seeing a clear upgrade and, uh, you know, massive volume last year. So I I think he smashes. I think you're getting a wide receiver one, low end wide receiver one at like a mid wide receiver two price tag. Yeah. The big thing with more man is, is the touchdowns. But if, if Baker, and fingers crossed, but if Baker's much, much better than Darnold, and I, I think he will be, you know, Panthers are going to have way more scoring opportunities this year. So, yeah, I, I, honestly, man, I think DJ Moore and Pittman are kind of like in that same tier. And if you can get DJ Moore in the fourth round or even in the fifth round in some of these like less sharp uh, drafts, then, then yeah, all in. Uh, fifth round, you're going to hate my pick. I, I, already <laughs> uh, I love some Gabe Davis this year. Uh, I think he has like – the league winning archetype we, we want to chase. Um, my comp for him all off season has been, he is what Mike Williams is to the chargers. He's their deep downfield threat who gets a ton of end zone balls and he has a ton of touchdown equity. Uh, and in half PPR, man, like outside of the top, you know, after you go first 15 picks at receiver, I want to chase touchdowns in half PPR. And, and honestly, very few receivers have, the touchdown equity that, that Davis has, um, you know, 
Josh Allen has 40 touchdowns in his range of outcomes. Stephon Diggs can't catch every one of them. Dawson Knox can't catch every one of them. And last year, Davis had 10 end zone targets, tying Dawson Knox for the second most on the team. And, and keep in mind, Davis was not a full-time player. You know, I, I get the common refrain, he was behind Manny Sanders, and if he can't beat out Wash Manny Sanders, then why are we drafting him in the fifth round? I don't know. I, I really can't speak to that. I don't know why Sean McDermott played Davis behind Sanders. But what I do know is that there's no one in front of him uh, to take those snaps. He's going to be a full-time player. I'm projecting like 80 to 85% route share in this offense and any any receiver on the field 80-plus percent of the time with Josh Allen. Uh, I don't even care if it's Emmanuel Sanders. We've seen Emmanuel Sanders do that, have some good games as a full-time player. I'm all in on Davis in the fifth round. This is another one of those guys, Scott, where, again, you've got to be cognizant of where you're drafting because – Davis's ADP is all over the place on all these apps. On Sleeper, he's like a six-round pick. On NFL, he's like buried. Yahoo, he's too, too cheap as well. Uh, ESPN, he's priced about right. So, again, um, be, just be super aware of where these guys are. Go into your draft before the draft starts and kind of earmark. Say, okay, like I know where Gabe Davis is at. Like, every, you know, I know where some of these mid-round receivers are at because, man, there's, there's a lot of pricing difference here, but um, Gabe Davis is my guy. Tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> He's just someone I struggle with. Uh, he reminds me a lot of 2019 Chris Godwin, one of my highest owned players that year. 2017 Adam Thielen, one of my highest owned players that year. I, the issues are I'm not really seeing a, a discount on him that, that's already priced in. I mean, like, I, I really think he's a very talented wide receiver. I think he's going to score 10 touchdowns, and still I can't really get totally on board with it, in part because there's other wide receivers I like, in part because, I mean, hey, Dawson Knox really came on down the stretch. He started seeing more targets. Josh Allen targeted slot wide receivers at the fifth highest rate in the league last year. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's it's – it, at that price, I, I, I'm not getting on board, but I mean, every single person on this staff is disagrees with me and says, no, 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 this is a must draft pick. So I, I could just be wrong um, on that. The the player I went with, and I, this wouldn't make sense with my build, but it's just an unavoidable value. Travis Etienne is going round five. And that's not just like, oh, one site is really stupid. He's going round five on ESPN, CBS, NFL, and Yahoo. And again, you know, I, I talk about RBRB optimal, optimal in a vacuum, but I mean, if you can get Etienne in round five, plus Kamara round two, Saquon round three, uh, it boosts those, you know, round one wide receiver. Like Cooper Cup was the most valuable player in fantasy last year. Um, and yeah, so worry about Jacksonville being really dumb and playing James Robinson when he's back. Uh, but I mean, like following that sort of injury, I think you're looking at Cam Akers like efficiency. So it would just be stupid not to make Etienne your bell count, even in a worst case scenario. I think uh, he has enough pass catching upside with his former college quarterback uh, that, you know, even in a worst case scenario, he beats this ADP valuation. Yeah, my only thing with Etienne is the touchdown upside. You know, if they're going to plug him you know, pull the plug on him near the goal line, then, you know, maybe he doesn't have the upside of like, you know, DeAndre Swift or Austin Eckler type usage that we want. Uh, But that being said, yeah, I mean, 
nothing has changed with ETN, man. Like we expected J Rob to be back um, by you know October ish. He's still on track for that. Um, I, I think everything that you saw and analyzed and, and read, you know, this offseason about ETN still in place. So um, I, I'm starting to see ETN slip a little bit. You know, he was trending towards being like an early third round pick in a lot of sharp leagues, and now I think he's trending backwards to being like a, you know, solid early for fourth round pick. So definitely with you on that. Uh, all right, moving on. Sixth round, I'm going to come back, take another back. And guys, listen, uh, again, if you want to be aggressive and get your guys, this is the spot where you have to be. Uh, start getting aggressive is the sixth, seventh round. Damian Pierce is my guy in the sixth round here. And, and look, I mean, I know if you've been drafting underdog all year, you've been – uh, you know, maybe even drafted a couple weeks ago and you got Damian Pierce in the ninth round. This is where he's going to have to go. Uh, in that draft I was talking about earlier last night, Pierce went in the sixth round. It's exactly where I was expecting him to go. I was actually talking to Brad a little bit uh, in DM because uh, he was on Pierce before I was, like back in March, and we were just kind of rehashing that a little bit and talking about his runs last night. And I told him, like, bro, I got a draft in a couple hours. I think Pierce is going to go in the sixth round, and he did. Uh, but it makes sense, man. Like we want to boost up these guys who have bell cow uh, potential in the range of outcomes. I think Pierce in the sixth round is is not bad value. I actually think it's the correct value for his archetype. Um, Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead, these guys were never were never really in contention, in my opinion. And now we especially know they're not in contention. Um, Scott, I've been calling Damian Pierce Kareem Hunt 2.0. Um, He's Kareem Hunt 2.0 on a really bad Texans team. But to me, that's still a super, super valuable role, especially if he's going to be a bell cow and getting all of their goal line work. So I'm, I'm bumping Pierce up significantly in my uh, in my ranks. And if you want to get him, man, sixth, seventh round, that's where it's going to have to be this weekend. Yeah, so Pierce is really interesting in that the only people who were you know, had him top five where you had him RB3, Brett Whitefield, one of our newest hires, had him RB3. I had him RB5. Danny Kelly had him easy top five, maybe probably even higher than me. So we all loved him. Uh, I just worry a little bit. I mean, you're talking round six now. Usually, like, preseason hype is wrong. Usually, like, Victor Cruz is maybe, like, the one hit. But, like, last year, there were so many Marquez Callaways the year before. And so – like I said, you had him RB3, but you could draft your RB1 round 10, round 9. And so it's like, at that, do you forego Pierce? I I, I do think bell cow usage uh, leans more towards Pierce, but I mean, like Rashad Penny can never stay healthy. And you had Kenneth Walker as like an elite, elite talent. So this is just the questions I'm asking myself today because this is a player yeah. I loved. He was must draft for me. But I don't know that he's must draft now that his he's jumped ten rounds by ADP. Um, so my round six guy is uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. You can get him round eight on NFL. You can get him early round seven on Yahoo. Happy to just go around early on him. And last year the NPC take of the year was Najee Harris has a bad offensive line. Najee Harris his quarterback stands. And I was just saying, listen, that, that doesn't matter. He's going to get, he's going to lead all running backs and snap percentage. And that's the most important thing this year. The NPC take is 
oh, Amon Ross St. Brown was good at the tail end of the season, but only when DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson were hurt. And it's like, listen, this guy averaged 26 plus fantasy points per game over his last six weeks of of his rookie season. Doesn't matter how many disclaimers you want to put on that. That is just insane. Like that, the only wide receivers to ever score more as rookies were OBJ and Randy Moss and like no one else over 21 fantasy points per game. And so uh, I just see massive PPR cheat code potential. Uh, if, if this guy was drafted in round one instead of, what was it, round yeah. four in the NFL draft, he'd be going five rounds higher. And uh, guess what? Wes Huber <laughs> said all offseason this was a round one talent. So, um, yeah, just love me some Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're exactly right. And it's it's like... You know, it's just attaching yourself to old information at this point with Amon Ra. You know, it's it's a three-headed thing. It's the draft capital. It's the Lions. It's, oh, DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson were out last year. Like, no, maybe Amon Ra is just good at the game. He's going to get 100, earn 150 targets on a team that's going to have to throw a ton. And, uh, yeah, he's a smash pick. Again, one of these guys, Scott, were like, be super aware of where these guys are at in your pre-draft ranks, man. Because, like, on Sleeper, Amon Ra is a little bit higher, but you can get him to your point. Um, to your point, you can get them, you know, round seven, round eight on, uh, on, on Yahoo and NFL makes a ton of sense. Uh, my guy in the seventh round is, is another one of these guys that's getting hyped up. Ramondre Stevenson. Um, I think just the, with the way ADP is set up this year, I think it makes a lot of sense to get one or two guys in the one or two runners in the first two rounds and then come back and just get aggressive on your guys in the sixth, seventh, eighth rounds. Again, you know, this is one of those things where it depends on your league. It depends on if it's 10 teams, 12 teams, depends on how sharp your league mates are, how sharp your buddies are. But I'm, I'm just getting aggressive on some of these backs that um, I want. And, and Ramondre is one of them. The case against Ramondre as well, he's going to get pulled at the goal line against Damian, uh, for Damian Harrison. That will most likely be the case. But the case for Stevenson is the case against Harris in that we know Harris is never going to play on passing downs. Uh, if Stevenson is going to play on in this kind of like, I, I hate calling it the James White role because it's not going to be the James White role, but he is going to be one of their primary passing down backs. And frankly, anytime you, you get the Patriots primary passing down back, uh, it usually is pretty good for fantasy. Um, you know, last year, the Patriots had a ton of backfield touches. Um, in fact, if you just sort by team PPR points, the Patriots had 30.2 fantasy points per game among their running backs last year. That was second most only to the Colts at 30.3 fantasy points per game. Their backs caught 93 balls last year. And if Ramondre even gets like a 60% share of those backfield um, of those of that receiving work, like he'll well pay off ADP, and then you mix in the fact that maybe he takes over for Damian Harris on early downs. Maybe he turns it into a 50-50 split near the goal line. Stevenson certainly has league winning upside. Again, he's one of those guys just like Pierce, where you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pay a premium to get him. But I, I think in general, uh, I want to be aggressive on these guys, especially after uh, some of these mid round receivers that that we both like. Like, you know, Amon Ra, DJ Moore, Mike Pittman. Um, after those guys are gone in round six, seven, I, I'm, you know, including round eight, I want to be aggressive on some of these backs here. 
So, yeah, what's really interesting about uh, this backfield this season is Belichick coming out saying he wants both running backs to be every down running backs for the team and they're just going to rotate drives. So rather than this being like a blunt James White sort of committee backfield, it's a lot like Green Bay or Denver where it's, you know, 50-50 on paper, but they're, they're just rotating drives. But what this does is this means one of these running backs now has league winning upside. They just need to dramatically outplay the other. And I mean, that has to be Ramondre, a player I loved coming out since 2015. There's only four power five running backs to average at least 100 rushing yards per game and 35 receiving yards per game in a single season. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, and Ramondre Stevenson. And then you... And then you and your stat pack article highlighted Stevenson wasn't just better than Damian Harris as a runner in every single way, but he was top five in every key metric you want to look at. And so really the potential for a league winner has to be Ramondre there. The only problem is, you know, Belichick is as old school as it comes and Damian Harris probably is the better pass protector. Uh, If you're in a keeper league, draft for Mondre in every single league. I think he goes nuclear next season. Does he go nuclear this season? That's like a bigger question mark, but no, no, no. Love me some Ramondre. Uh, my round seven guy is Chris Godwin and uh, he's going eight eleven on Yahoo. So tail end of round eight, happy to grab really, a round I really seven. I didn't want you to bring this up because Godwin is by far the biggest edge on Yahoo. So I, I do actually. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so before his injury, he was the clear wide receiver one. He was leading the team in target share. He's been a wide receiver one each of the last three seasons, despite many, many injuries. And okay, yeah, he's injured. Uh, and it's a bad injury. Like I'm not expecting much at all until midseason. But then I think midseason beyond the fantasy playoffs, you've got yourself a fantasy wide receiver one who's being drafted as a fantasy wide receiver three on Yahoo and, you know, upside wins championships. So uh, that's, that's just a must draft pick. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Godwin is, is free money on Yahoo. I've done a couple of, uh, a couple of leagues on Yahoo um, so far and I've just missed on Godwin both times, but he went in like 80 overall range. So 100% with you. Um Let's do one pick from rounds eight through 10 and we'll, we'll call this a wrap here, Scott. Um, I'll get us going again. It's one of those things where like, I'm a big fan of conditional drafting and tiered drafting. So let's say you do start with one or two runners in the first two rounds, and then you don't touch the position until now, until round eight, round nine. That's when I'm getting, you know, ultra aggressive, um, on some of these picks. If Stevenson slips into the eighth, if Pierce somehow slips into the eighth in your drafts this weekend, like obviously smash pick those guys. Um, but again, conditional drafting is, is very important. So if you do go running back heavy, this is the spot where you're going to want to take some receivers. One guy I do love in this pocket is Alan Lazard. Um, I think at this point, man, like, you know, you can throw out kind of all of past season analysis with Lazard. Like he's never been a high target per route run player yeah, of course, because Devontae Adams gets 30% of the targets per route. Um, you can throw out that he's never really been a breakout guy. Sure, of course, comes back to Adams getting all the targets, MVS getting all of the, the downfield stuff. Like at this point, Scott, like I know Lazard's been a guy that you're on too, but like I, 
you know, his ADP's risen, but I don't think it's ever going to get to a point in the next two weeks where he's not of value still. And you can still get Lazard as your, as your wide receiver at four or five and feel really good about it. Um, you know, Romeo Dobbs is still out there playing with, with Jordan Love. Uh, you know, I know Aaron Rodgers is talking him up, but that's going to be a slow burn too. I think Lazard is just walking into a massive target share um, this, this season. And uh, you, Scott, you know me, man. I'm a big fan of just getting out of the gates hot. I want to get rolling early. I want to score points. I want to start the season 3-1, and 4-0. I want to be on a roll. And I think Lazard is like the guy to have as your wide receiver 4-5 or five in this ADP bucket. Uh, to get going early and you know maybe he falls off late in the year once Christian Watson gets going Romeo Dobbs gets going that's fine but at least I know I've got secure points from Lazard as like a flex player wide receiver three four play early in the year all right one guy round eight through ten who you pick uh Michael Thomas he goes round 10 on NFL.com. It's just this, as easy as it is with Lazard where it's like, hey, maybe the the guy who, who's the presumptive wide receiver one for the back-to-back MVP who has been saying all year that this is the wide receiver one, maybe he shouldn't go round eight. Maybe that's just dumb. And it's like maybe the guy who was the overall wide receiver one last time he was healthy shouldn't go round 10 on NFL. And so both easy smash picks. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, this is uh, this has been a, f- a lot of fun. Again, I-, I mentioned at the top, if you haven't listened already, go back and, and pop in the uh, quarterback tight end show after you're done wrapping this up. Uh, Scott, you and I are wrapping up the uh, – excuse me, we're splitting the preseason games this week, so we're going to have all of our preseason usage review up for free on the site this weekend. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's that time of year. It's getting down to crunch time. We're about, what, 11 days away now? Uh, no, 13 days away from week one. So anyway, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Uh, Scott and I will be back for some sort of show next week. We might have a, a very special guest to talk to. So until then, I'm Graham for Scott. We'll see you next week. Welcome to Fantasy Points Radio. We bring to you Barfield and Perry. All of these, all of these parents say hella embarrassed. Like, why did they error? But all of these errors and Buffett and Barry, you cannot compare it. The kings of this era, there should be a tariff on all of this knowledge. I follow regardless and straight to the point like a crow. Popping and coming is losing my oxygen tanks that they got made me go. Whoa, so what's a swamp rat gotta do? I'm chasing all of this cheese, even if my competition grew. Deuces to the mean, your boy is never regressing. Off season through the season, 365, 247, and it's one for the money, two bars on the show. Stay ready, swamp rats, let's go It's the fantasy points, ain't no raggedy joint They mad at me scoring points, but then they glad that they joined One for the money, two bars on the show The boys stay ready, swamp rats, let's go it's